because baby, I'll refer your work. Wow. I don't know why people say that we're loud on this yeah. podcast. Why do people I, say that? I don't know. Okay, turn down your volume. Ready? Because now Joey's going to do it. Go, Joey. Baby, you are your work. <laughs> <laughs> Squawking directly into the microphone can only mean one thing. It is a holiday weekend. And it's not Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) So we are taking the week off, but we would never, ever leave our DBs hanging. So we have an episode straight from our Patreon that we call the Drama Club ready and waiting for you to listen to. What show's it from, Joey? Oh, here we are once again with Pink Collar Crimes, my favorite, diving into the dark underbelly of coupons. Who knew? Who knew? But just buckle up. Hold on to your butts. You gotta trust us. So we hope you are having a great summer. And if you want Joey and I to join you on your planes, trains, automobiles that you're taking, (laughs) or if you're just sitting by the pool, we would love to hang out with you one more time a week. So come on over to the Drama Club. Listen, we have an amazing backlog of episodes. If you are having a day where you're like, I'm cleaning all day and you want to pop us in your ear, we will scream in your ear all day. But I mean, honestly, don't, don't give us a challenge. Over at the Drama Club, that is where we do all of our bonus content. We give you three bonus episodes a month, ad-free options, plus we give you an extra surprise nugget, whether it's a Zoom hang or an AMA or a bonus bonus episode like we're doing with Love After Lockup. You also get first crack at merch. You get first crack at live shows. There's a lot of perks. There's a lot of perks, so come on over. We would love to hang out with you more. But for today, enjoy this ad-free episode of Pink Collar Crimes. And listen, don't say I didn't warn you. Hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. Here we are. We're we're on the back nine of our Pink Collar Crimes. It's making me real, real sad. It's season one, episode six, Queen of Coupons. The reports were coming in from some of the companies saying they're losing a million dollars a week. And then at some point, somebody came forward and said, we're, we're losing closer to a million dollars a day. When you're seeing the complexities that we're seeing in this case, you're expecting a major kingpin of some kind. And that's not what we found. We found, shockingly, an everyday mom in an everyday suburban house. There was nothing in her history that would indicate that she would build a criminal empire. My kids ask me all the time what bad guys look like. They can look like normal people just like you and I. What we found was very shocking to us. Where there's a lot of money, you can presume that somebody's willing to defend that money. This woman and her husband owned several guns. Because of this, there was a violence factor. But these are not your average criminals. This lady was selling fraudulent coupons. You may never look at your innocent-seeming next-door neighbor the same way again. Welcome to the world of pink collar crimes. All right. Well, listen, this is hard for me. This is hard for me. Do you know why it's hard for me? Why? Because you're addicted to coupons. 
I'm not addicted, but I love a coupon. Listen, I'm not even looking the direction of a CVS without a coupon. If I need lotion, can wait till I have a coupon. Shampoo is out, put a little water, swash it around. I'm not buying a new one till there's a coupon. Toilet paper, use a napkin (laughs) till that coupon comes, okay? It's free money. Don't look at me sideways. Don't look at me sideways. You just said, did you hear the words that just came out of your mouth? You're like, I'm not addicted to coupons, but you just said you would rather wipe your ass with a napkin a napkin with a napkin then buy full price toilet paper yeah why why are you coming yeah that's what i said baby eat the buffalo nickel you'd spend on that and go wipe your ass with some toilet paper not with a fucking bounty a a roll of bounty (laughs) jesus listen i love a coupon this is this is a hard journey for me you're not making a very strong case for yourself so here we are in phoenix arizona And we meet Detective Sarah Fields, who's been with the Phoenix Police Department for 10 years. And she tells us that when her son was three years old, she was working a detail that consisted of a chaotic schedule. And that schedule didn't quite work for her. And she needed something a little more conducive to being a mom. And I feel like you could write several books on the subject, Yellen Marsh. Nothing is conducive to being a mom. Show me one job that's conducive to being a mom and I'll show you someone who's not making a paycheck. Listen, the main deterrent for me for having kids is that you can't host an orgy in your home when you got kids that are sneezing Cheetos on the bottoms in the room. That's the only thing. (laughs) Kids! Daddy's doing you some business. Kids, stop coming here. I'm on the phone. This is a really tricky game of Twister. Get out. (laughs) When Sarah came on the department years ago, she's a young officer at the time, and she showed tremendous talent and understanding. She had already proven herself to be a very competent officer, and I knew she could handle this new assignment. What do you know about coupons? Nothing. So Sergeant David Lake is here to say how awesome Sarah is, and she was the person for this job. I'm going to call Sergeant Lake Dave, because there's something about Sergeant Lake that's just screaming for a lake bottom joke, and I'm not for it today, okay? But I want (laughs) to... I fucking love coupons for lube, bitch! That shit's expensive! (laughs) So my question is, who did Sergeant Dave remind you of? Who does he look like to you? Anyone? Oh, I don't know. Who? That man was giving me Stanley from Sex and the City vibes. Wait, Stanford Blatch? Yeah. Oh, I said Stanley. Stanford. Yes, yeah, Stanford. Really? Yeah, he looked he looked like Stanford if Stanford, you know, but he wasn't wearing like a paisley suit or anything, you know what I mean? He passed last year. I know that, but what does that got to do with the price of eggs? I don't know. I didn't I just I felt like I needed to bring down the room. Cool, thanks. Well, that's our show. Thank you so much. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Join the Patreon. Wait, we're on the Patreon. <laughs> I still get made fun of for being the coupon lady. People laugh about it until I explain to them what the gravity of it was. No one believes how big of a case it actually was until you break it down and explain the loss to manufacturers and to blue collar workers. So Detective Sarah says at first, this assignment, it didn't thrill me. I don't know too much about coupons. I didn't care too much about coupons. And I'm like, you know what? I get it because I feel the same way about the Kardashians. I know enough to know that watching someone try to cut a cucumber from behind isn't funny. It's sad. And if you have not seen that clip of Kendall Jenner trying to slice a cucumber, it is painful. They're definitely not a good cutter, so don't zoom in on me. (laughs) I'm not professional whatsoever. Hey, chef. Do you want to cut this up for her? I'll do it, mom. It's fine. She's holding the cucumber with her left hand and slicing underneath her left arm. I'm like, are you joking? 
okay. Mistakes were made in the kitchen. We're all not a famous kitchen person, chef. I cannot believe you are defending this right now. No, I'm are just you kidding me? That, you know, how do you make it to that age and you don't know how to slice a goddamn cucumber? It's true. Okay. All right. I, 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 I've made some mistakes in the kitchen. I don't. I don't even know who you are anymore. Well. Sarah Fields has said she's always been made fun of to this case for being the coupon lady. And I guess that, you know, being the coupon lady is like a step down from being one of these reenactment actors. Because these, in true pink collar form, they got some awesome cop costumes. And they're like taunting poor reenactment Sarah. They're like, coupons, nana, nana, nana. And she's like, you guys, this is a serious case. And they're like, wah, 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 boo, boo. You do coupons. I was like, you guys, come on. But we learned that it actually is. The coupon industry, they say, is a $4 billion industry. And let me tell you, coupon companies, you're losing money on me. But there's like, <laughs> there's huge fraud potential in this. Yeah, I mean, about 10% of the coupon industry is fake. Like, who knew that? Yeah. But that's $400 million in fraud. This is a lot of money. This is a lot of money. The case started when I received a call from a private investigative company that represents about 250 brands. And they called me to tell me there was a problem with counterfeit coupons. What was happening was a lot of honest couponers approached us complaining that they purchased coupons on a website called Savvy Shopper Site. It was too good to be true and they turned out to be counterfeit. So this particular case started from an investigation company that represented 250 companies. So there's all kinds of ways to get coupons. Coupons! <laughs> Honey, have you seen my coupons? He's like, yes, baby, they're lovely. I love your coupons. They're beautiful. (laughs) So they're saying that this particular investigation was about people who were buying coupons from a site (laughs) called SavvyShopper.com. Now, what this site was doing was selling counterfeit coupons. Now, we're not talking like 50 cents off your Pantene Pro-V. We're talking like free items. Yes. Like you'll get something for free. So the private investigator company, they started digging into the site and they figure out pretty quickly that this bogus operation is based in Phoenix. And that's why they call the Phoenix PD. So an investigation is opened. Sergeant Dave. Wait, 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 wait. Are you- I'm so sorry. Are you going to skip over what they named the operation? I was just about to say it, Patrick. Okay, good. No. All right, good. (laughs) When you talk out of order, I get confused. But, you know, go on with your story. (laughs) Drink your water. And so (laughs) Sergeant Dave says they named the operation Super Coupon. Super Coupon. Dave's got jokes, (laughs) y'all. How long do you think they workshopped that? Not long enough. They were like, uh, Operation uh, Conspiring Coupon Capers. Nah, but <laughs> what's another one? Uh, Operation The Truth Will Set You Buy One Get One Free. Uh, no. The uh, Operation Would You Please Pass the Gray Coupon. You're done. They- <laughs> you are absolutely done. <laughs> no, they were like, let's just call it Operation Super Coupons. Done. I was like, I beg if you're going to have an operation or I beg for some creativity. I beg you. Well, I mean, listen, sometimes the simplest answer is the right answer. Okay. that That's how you got on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. When we started digging deeper in the investigation, 
they had over 250 corporate victims. The victims are absorbing tremendous loss and it's accelerating, it's accelerating exponentially. So these corporations are, they're taking huge losses and, and, and it's at an insane rate that is quickly increasing. So an example of how this operation worked is that a company would produce 200 coupons and they would have 2,000 redeemed. So obviously yeah. someone was reproducing these coupons and investigators knew that these bogus coupons were coming from SavvyShopperSite.com. So they focused on the site. That's quite a lot. A sh- savvy Shopper Site. Savvy, savvy Shopper Site. Savvy, savvy shopper site, savvy shopper site, savvy shopper site. Okay, fine. You're better than me. Okay, cool. <laughs> Someone write this date and time down, please. I'd like a timestamp. People didn't know that they were paying for forged coupons because they worked. They were accepted at the retailers. And there was a policy on there that if the coupons didn't work at a retailer, SavvyShopperSite.com would refund their money and take the coupons back at no cost to the consumer. The savvy shoppers were making such good counterfeit that they even offered a return policy on the website. So get this. The website was a private member only website. You needed a referral in order to join the website. Like, you know, you got to know a guy to know a guy to know a guy to get these coupons, right? You can't just sign up. Now, this gets real serious and real dark real, real fast. Because the first rule of Coupon Club is you don't talk about Coupon Club. No, you don't. I was like, okay, Brad Pitt, what's the second rule of Coupon Club? You don't talk about Coupon Okay, okay, you don't talk about Coupon Club. <laughs> you do not talk about Fight Club. This is not something you would normally see in the coupon world. Yeah. Detective Sarah was like, yeah, this is normally how it goes when you buy an ecstasy for that rave you're going to in Oakland. You got to know someone who knows somebody's cousin who can refer you. It's very sketchy. And again, you don't normally need a referral to get 50 cents off your next bottle of Astro Glide. You know what I mean? true. And even more so on this website, they had a wall of shame. So if you dared to question the website or the validity or anything, they would essentially dox those people, put their name and picture and the address And they're gaslighting these people, being like, look at these people. They're the problem. They're the ones that are questioning Coupon Club. It was wild. They had their pictures and everything. I was like, I don't feel safe here. Oh, honey, they did everything but send that mean old nun from Game of Thrones to follow you around Phoenix with a bell going, shame. Shame. (laughs) I mean, so, I mean, this website was like the mafia. They basically told members. Don't take shit from anyone and don't let anyone fuck with you. And I'm going to read for you what it said. The website literally said, I caution you to protect this information and only to share it with trusted and honest people. If you're ever told your coupons are fake, be prepared to stand your ground. To stand yeah. your ground. Yeah. So tell the store personnel your coupons come directly from the manufacturer. Manufacturer. We're Wow. Consonants are hard today. And they're 100% <laughs> legit. Never let them intimidate you or harass you or take your coupons from you. They have no right and are probably on a little power trip of their own. That's what the website said. Yeah. They were like, Karen, this shit out. Stand your ground. Grab a megaphone. Scream and yell. Take your top off. Get your tits out. Stick them in your butthole. Do whatever <laughs> it takes, Deborah. Kick them in Keep the shit. those fucking coupons. Mace their ass and call that mama smelly hoe. <laughs> yeah, it was intense. Is this a coupon club or prison? What the shit is going on? <laughs> they were like, we don't fucking give a shit. Deborah, you better do it, Deborah. We got eyes on you, bitch. You want to be on the wall of shame? I didn't think so. Yeah, scan that coupon or you're going to eat it, bitch. 
Yeah. <laughs> wow, it was intense. So when we started the investigation, we found out that the owner of this website used a third party to register the website in order to hide who the registered owner of that was. Third party companies aren't typically the most forthcoming with law enforcement because so many criminals use these companies to hide their identity and to continue their fraud. So they realize that the owner of the site uses a third party to register the website so that they can hide their identity. They're not stupid. They're like, I've been to several rodeos. Thank you very much. Literally. And it turns out third party companies aren't super forthcoming with the cops because so many crooks use these companies to hide their identity. So what the fuck do they care? They're like, the check clears, boo. Find out who it is your own damn self. Right. And so any normal avenue that the police would go through to investigate, they were all kind of like, you know, dead ends, you know, like all of my relationships. So whoever was in charge of that operation was prepared for people to look into it. And they were going to have the last laugh because they were like, you can't find us. Exactly. So the cops are like, well, you know what we got to do to start this investigation? We need to buy some coupons. And they get... (laughs) And they go and get two for one Mexican pizzas at Taco Bell, and that's where the story ends. Thank you all for listening. We love you so much. Starving. Check out our new porn site. (laughs) We got an OnlyFans. No, but they know they can't go the warrant route. They can't convince a judge and get enough time. So they're like, okay, I guess I need a referral to this, you know, coupon fight club. So they get a referral, they make a purchase, they buy some coupons, they have it mailed. The coupons finally come and they have their first lead. And that's the return address of where the coupons were sent from. Yeah. So they set up surveillance at the P.O. box and they take photographs of people who use it. So then my mom showed up and turns out she was using that P.O. box to ship out her new novel, Ramp Sack 2, The Endless Ramp Sack. And that's where our story ends. Thank you all for listening. We love you so much. Check out our porn site. (laughs) Grab grab a copy of Ramp Sack. (laughs) Only at Barnes and Nobles. (laughs) So they sit there for two weeks, staking out the joint before they finally see someone who accesses the P.O. box. Turns out it's a female in her mid-40s, average height with long, dark hair, so, Yellen Marsh, how long were you peddling those fake coupons? I would lo- I would have loaned you some cash if you needed it. <laughs> Listen, a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. We don't know who we're looking for, and we don't presume to know. We don't want to cloud our minds as to what a person on the Internet may look like in real life. It could be a hardened, seasoned criminal filled with tattoos. It could have been anyone. It might not necessarily be someone that might stick out was they were sitting watching all these people and they're like what does a criminal look like i was like i mean did anyone think aunt becky from full house was a criminal you know (laughs) have you guys looked into the old pictures of nanny doss she looks like she made the best peach cobbler pie in town psych (laughs) she killed 11 people (laughs) so nobody knew that there was just this now they're gonna say the word normal time they say the word normal on this show i want everyone like to take a shot so they have her license plate and they trace it on back to a normal lady in her 40s robin ramirez yes now put a pin in that because we now meet one of robin's former employees whose identity is being withheld but not that of her dog we can fully see her dog's face and that dog is cute 
That dog's adorable. Also, ma'am, you're going to protect yourself and not your dog? Okay. Also, I'm like, ma'am, we can see that blonde bob. Maybe slick yeah. it back. Maybe put on a baseball cap. But, you know, you potato, potato. But this employee tells us through some weird robot voice that Robin was super nice and she handled everything, all the orders, the website, the communication with customers, payments, mailing labels. She did it all. Yeah. And, of course, they don't know if Robin is actually, like, the mastermind behind all this yet. Like, they have no idea. And also, it should be said, we will hear from a lot of Robin's employees, and none of them knew that they were doing anything illegal, right? Yeah. So, they look into Robin. She's got, she was normal. She was normal. She had no, she's just normal. Like you she and me. No, normal. <laughs> just a, what a Joey and Ellen like, you know, normal. Yeah, you know what normal people do? They have sex with Republicans in the back of a Jeep. You know what normal people do? They have sex with one-legged men in trailers. It's normal. Wow. Okay, I like how you put yourself in that equation, but also that Republican, that was a full almost year ago. I have not had sex with a Republican in the back of a Jeep on a Tuesday. Honey, when have I ever judged you? You would never. I don't judge Uh, your life choices. I do judge some of your pilgrim outfits, but that's with love. I judge myself that I did it twice. And it wasn't good the first time. I am sitting under a fort made of wool blankets. <laughs> Believe me and trust me when I say I'm not in a position to judge nobody right now. Okay. <laughs> and I love you for it. <laughs> the entire investigation shifts, and now we're focused on a person, and that's what we're hunting as a person. Now it's going to become good old fashioned gumshoe police work. We found she has no criminal history, she has nothing that would make her stand out. At this point in the investigation, We really weren't sure if Robin was the true owner of the SavvyShopperSite.com. So we really had no idea what Robin's role in relationship to this operation really was. Robin Ramirez didn't have a criminal record, and so they tracked down her house. Yes. It was just a (laughs) nondescript. It was a nondescript. I'm sorry. What is wrong with me? So they they tracked down the house. It was nondescript. We find out that Robin Ramirez is married to a retired pilot. They say, you know, she had kids. Everything was normal. And they said that she had a normal house and they were normal Americans. I was like, babe, you're on a show on Paramount Plus, which is the dregs of online streaming services. And Marsha Clark is telling your story. There is nothing normal about that story. Everybody stop saying it. (laughs) Well, I mean, also, yes, you are right. What makes you normal? I mean, like, what makes you stand out? Do you have to have a tattoo of Patrick Hines on your neck? I don't understand, but maybe. I'm sure. I'm sure somebody does. I have a patch. I'm going to get a Patrick uh, tattoo on my neck. Okay. I'm committed. I'm committed to this network. (laughs) (laughs) Also, (laughs) I'm trying to get three weeks paid vacation. Anyway, so. (laughs) So also, I think, you know, Detective Sarah keeps peddling that narrative because she's like, you know, turns out that Robin was my neighbor. We shopped at the same grocery, went to the same theater. We had the same bikini waxer who gave us both the You May Walk Funny for a While special. Um, (laughs) So Wait, speaking of bikini wax, you know our friend Galen? Yeah. One time she got a bikini wax. Oh, God. And the woman finished and she went, pat, pat, beautiful cunty. (laughs) And she was like, did she just say beautiful cunty? (laughs) Wow. I love that story. That should have been the name of the fucking waxing salon. Beautiful yeah. cunty. Beautiful cunty. 
We use our own surveillance teams to follow Robin, and they followed her, her daily movements and watched where she went and what she did. And we began to see a pattern emerge between her and some other locations. Robin looked like an everyday woman. She was just sending a lot of packages. While that might not be something that's out of the norm, when it was every day and it was in the area in which we were looking, it was a piece for us to build on. So they end up following Robin daily to see what she's up to, and they quickly notice a pattern she has. Now, they keep saying she looked like an everyday woman. An everyday woman who was sending out a lot of packages. Yeah. I was like, well, maybe she's got a Poshmark closet that's sure. very popular. But I will say Detective Sarah is resourceful because she's like, you know who will have some good information? That good, good information. The male woman. That yeah. bitch will have the good tea. So she does. She asks the male woman about Robin. And this reenactment actress is so I tall. I can't wait to hear what you say. Tell me everything. Well, she's super tall. That or the actress playing Detective Sarah represents the Lollipop Guild. Either way, one of them is super tall or the other one is super short. Cool story, Joey. What's your take well, on no. this, Ellen? I wanted to say the reenactment actor looks so cute. Like, her post office outfit, she had these, like, cropped pants. They were definitely freshly steamed. Her wig got a blowout. She's wearing these adorable brogues. She was like, listen, if I'm getting cast as a post person, I'm going to look extraordinarily fly. Like, she did not look like a post person. Also, never say fly. Oh, I'm bringing... You're bringing fly back? You a fly I girl? Bring I'm sorry. You use swamp talk every other line. I am allowed to bring fly back. Piss up a rope. That's okay. fine. You are from Oakland. I'm sure they still peddling that that term somewhere in Oakland. Ah! <laughs> oh, now you're coming from uh, you're coming for Oakland now. Okay. Oh, were right. you talking about my swamp talk? I can't talk about your old Oakland rhetoric. I, I'm just I I just didn't know that's what we were doing. Oh, no, I just didn't fine. know that's the, what we were doing no, today. Honestly, Ellen, right. I love you. The point is, is that you're not better than me. That's all. No, I know. Listen, baby, revenge is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It'll come <laughs> back to you. There we go. What else can you tell me about her? Um, well, she sends out a lot of mail from this location. And um, actually, she has another house on my route and sends out even more from there. Can you tell me where that house is? Sure. So when we found Robin had a second address, that gave me another clue. And we're always looking for clues, so it was a big break in the case. The mailwoman says, this bitch sends a lot of mail, and she actually owns another home on my route where she right. sends out even more mail. And that turns out to be a big break in this case. Right. The police officer was like, can you show me where it is? And the post person was like, yeah. And I was like, can you? Are you allowed to do that? Like, you work for the post office and you're just willy-nilly allowed to give out people's addresses without a warrant? I should be nicer to my post person. I mean, she should have thought about that. Like, for the amount of mail, I'd be like, pay off the mail woman or give her a free subscription to the coupon club. Yeah, something like that. And so then we get Detective Sarah Fields and she says, you know, that gave me another clue. And you're always looking for clues. I was like, oh, are you? Are fishermen looking for fish? That's what you're doing? You're looking for clues? Okay, Sarah. Thank you. We're not new to the planet here, Sarah. Yeah, are actors looking for jobs? Come on. Yeah, thank you. And we now knew Robin was shipping out a large amount of packages from a different house than the one in which she lived. We call it a stash house. It was just a normal house. It's just a track home. She rented it. It was nothing unusual. You wouldn't notice it. 
So it turns out this was her stash home, right? She yeah. They called it the stash home because that's where she stashed all the goods. She rented it. The house was very basic, didn't stand out. So Robin's MO here is clearly to fly under the radar. And the only person coming and going was really just the loudmouth male woman who, again, y'all should have paid her some buffalo nickels to <laughs> shut up. So here's something that I didn't know. That is actually terrifying. Mm -hmm. Now, we all know that in order for the police to search your home or your car or your shit, they need a warrant. And to get a warrant, they need probable cause. However, you know what they don't need a warrant for? Mm -hmm. Your trash. Honey, there is no law for any trash you put out on the curb unless it's a boyfriend. But baby, they can scoop up your garbage, rifle through it like it's Martha Stewart with a stock market tip. Yeah. Think about it. I haven't. And 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 they can fucking prosecute. I mean, and they can they can literally take your trash. Yeah. So my exes are not protected, which actually made me feel good during this episode. <laughs> We're just too similar. We both came up yeah. with ex boyfriend jokes. They're just too similar. But that's what they did. They took her trash. They found all these outdated coupons, all these counterfeit coupons. They also listen. She was not running some dog and pony show. She was running a full legit thing with holograms. These holograms were epic. Now, they took all of their trash. So at this point, they're still looking for enough criminal activity to get a search warrant. And this is where we hear from another former employee who has her identity concealed. Yeah, and she tells us that Robin got real paranoid because she knew she was being followed and she started to panic. So she instructed her employees to bring packages inside as soon as they arrived. She was also onto their literal garbage ways going through her trash. So she was removing shipping labels and shredding them so no one would know where she was getting these coupons from. Now, that former employee is like, I really didn't think too much about it. I was just doing my job. And I'm like, I mean, shredding shipping labels and hiding garbage? I would look at you and be like, Ellen, are you good? Do you owe somebody money? What's happening? I have questions. But they said her behavior wasn't really secretive. It was just like, oh, before you throw those labels out, will you shred them? Like, she didn't seem panicked or anything. It was sort of like her demeanor. You're like, oh, yeah, I'll shred these. You know, whatever. You know, it. Just, that's the way they made it sound. Like, nobody knew anything suspicious was going on because she was just pretty chill about everything. And sure. this woman's running a multi-million dollar scam and is like, oh, hey, before you take out that trash, would you be a love? And, you know. Right. Totally. Well, that makes sense. These are my favorite crimes to investigate, to be honest, because it takes a lot of creativity. Each white-collar criminal tends to do things a different way. So it's really fun. It's, it's almost what you sign up for in being an investigator, is to get a case like this where you can really stretch your legs and really uh, get to the meat of what this person is doing. So Detective Sarah is like, you know, side note, These are like my favorite types of investigations because it takes a lot of creativity to solve a case like this. And I'm like, okay, oh, yeah, going through someone's garbage is real creative. You must be the Michelangelo of trash. You're the Sherlock Holmes of dumpsters. What the fuck are you talking about? But then they end up going through Robin's bank records. But I'm like, how did you get her bank records through the trash? Maybe through the trash, or they could have subpoenaed her bank records. They didn't mention it. They didn't mention it, but it is pink collar crimes, and they have a story to get to. So they're they're really, really not being super specific with facts here. Okay, you know who's specific with facts? Marsha Clark. Okay. <laughs> okay. So 
We now learned that she was trying to hide all of her assets. She had opened up a big LLC, but they spent their money. Yeah. And they found out that in their home, they had a bunch of weapons permits. Yeah. They had like 25 to 30 guns in that house. A lot of guns. A lot of guns. A lot of guns. So at this point, they've built up enough evidence, and they get their search warrant and a warrant to start making arrests. But. In a, Uh-oh. in a twist of events, a reporter on the local news runs a story about the Savvy Shopper site and how they're selling fake coupons. Yeah. That's a problem for the cops because Robin could panic and close up shop, close up shop, and, yeah. and, and truly cause the investigation to implode. Yeah. Now, Robin has a stash house, and she has a stash house full of audacity. Yeah, she does. Because she called the news and defended herself. She is doubling down on her counterfeit coupons. She basically gaslights the news station. I think she believes her own lies, you know, because she's like, is not prepared to admit her faults. She's like, I'm going to make myself look better in the long run. She's like, how dare you, sir? How dare you? You guys are running this false story. I am trying to run a business here. How dare you interfere with that? I am running a legitimate business. I cannot believe you. I, I And they're like, oh, oh, my God, we're so sorry. She gets the news to retract their statement and their story. Honey. <gasps> And they even sent over an edible arrangement and said, let's be friends. Yeah. Like, they were like, we are so sorry. You are right. We found a lane. It wasn't ours. We are (laughs) like, wow. She fucking did a number on the news station. And the news station apologized. I mean, she must have scared the shit out of some intern. Yeah, I, I know. So much exercise during this episode because I was just rolling my eyes and shaking my head. I'm like, look, I am exhausted. How did you fall for that? Well, listen, if you're going to run a multi-million dollar uh, fraudulent empire like this, you're going to have to have some audacity. So, yeah, I mean, listen, it's fucked up, but I'm kind of impressed. Yeah. Before we execute the search warrants, we have everything we need in place. We have an operations plan. The biggest concern is coordination and safety. We're going to be literally at both ends of the city of Phoenix. We're going to be at the farthest south end and the farthest north end at the same time, executing simultaneous warrants on two locations. We've got a plan for communication, logistics. We've got a plan for prisoner management. So... We land on July 10th, 2012, and the cops have their warrants ready to hand out to occupants in both of Robin's homes at the same time, like it's Christmas morning. And the SWAT team shows up at the police station, and they're getting briefed, and then they hear that they're going to be arresting people over some coupons. coupons. <laughs> what am I doing here? Coupons. And the SWAT team is like, come on, my what? We're, <laughs> we're arresting people over a two-for-one Tropicana. Why? <laughs> The SWAT team guy really thought he was like a comedian. He was like, don't worry, I workshop this. Excuse me, coupons? (laughs) And they were like, yeah, bitch, coupons. Fucking coupons. Yeah, they're like, you want to laugh? Also, they have 30 guns in there. You want to be a big Mr. Nice Guy in your SWAT team outfit? Well, that's the other thing. They changed their attitude real quick when they were like, there are guns involved. And immediately the SWAT team's dicks got hard. And they're like, fuck yeah, bro, let's go. Also, that is a joke. I understand (laughs) that that line of work is very dangerous. I don't take it lightly, but this is a a comedy podcast, so bear with me. Let me tell a boner joke, okay? (laughs) (laughs) You guys remember 
the Linda Culberson episode on Snap? Remember? She had like a bunch of dildos and guns. Yeah. <laughs> Sub dildos for coupons, still the guns, still equally <laughs> weird, and they still have to investigate this shit. They sure do. Every element is considered when it comes to a raid, especially the timing. Police often plan them for the crack of dawn when you're half asleep and unprepared. They do that to prevent suspects from hiding or destroying evidence, especially in a case like this one, when two raids are being coordinated and one could tip the other off if they're not in sync. They need to make sure this all goes down at the exact same time. So Detective Dave heads to the stash house. Detective Sarah heads to the house and the SWAT team is ready to bang down both of these doors at the same time. Now, remember, not dildos and guns, guns and coupons. <laughs> oh, fuck, say it again. So, um, <laughs> Sergeant Dave, they raid this home, the, the stash house. And baby, there are enough coupons here to own and open several Trader Joe's in Midtown. I mean, they yeah. seize something like 35000 coupons yeah and they have they see counting machines and they see all of this stuff and they're looking for the guns and of course we see the news footage and they estimate in this stash house there's 40 million dollars worth of coupons it's a lot of coupons listen arizona Honey. arizona when you go to the welcome to arizona signs it says hi welcome to arizona we love coupons that's what it says <laughs> on the site on the on the sign you google it what does, it, I didn't. what does it say in New York? It it says, New York, the fuck you say? <laughs> yeah. What is Florida's? Florida says, we kill people. Also, there's alligators and Disney. <laughs> A mind from Florida is always, welcome to Florida, where we don't care if you live or fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> this, this fucking trip. Welcome to Florida. We kill people here. What of it? <laughs> what do they say for Kentucky. Welcome to con- welcome to Kentucky. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, let me try again. Welcome to Kentucky, where we stash our audacity in Mitch McConnell's neck. Uh, oh, I don't know if that was. Well, I'll workshop it. I'll workshop it. We seized an estimated thirty-five thousand of these coupons. It's important to understand these are not coupons out of the paper. These are called manufacturer's coupons, an entirely different animal with a much higher value. In some cases, uh, counterfeits were actually of a higher quality than the original coupon. Robin had $40 million worth of these inside her stash house. So they arrest Robin and her husband. Now, the husband appears to not understand the fraud part of this whole scheme. He don't understand he just, much. Yeah, he was just like, I was a pilot and then Robin told me to retire and we've just been living off of that money. So then we cut to the interrogation video of Robin Ramirez, and we hear it. How long have you been in the coupon business? Quite a few years. So that Savvy Shopper site is your site? And they're like, yeah, what about these illegal coupons? Where are they coming from? And she's like, mm, come on my what? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and they're like, I mean, they're coming from the Philippines. So it turned out she had a printer outside the country that could make these counterfeit coupons and then reprint them and make them look super legit. Now, she says she doesn't know anything. And they're like, you know, lying to a federal agent is a crime. And she doesn't say anything. And they're like, you know, Martha Stewart didn't get busted for insider trading. She got busted for lying to the feds. Now, is that you true? Know she'd, 
Yeah, you know shit's going down when they bring up Martha Stewart. Wow. I wouldn't yeah. fuck I wouldn't fuck with that too yeah. much. Also, I thought it was fascinating because well, first of all, this girl's no dummy. Well, this woman, yeah. she's not a girl. This woman is no dummy. This is how she would get the coupons, right? She would, for instance, this is what Detective Sarah says. She would call a dog food company and be like, my dog just barfed up your kibble. I'm distressed about it. And the company would be like, I'm so sorry your dog threw up our kibble. Give us another chance. And enjoy this coupon for a free bag of dog food. And she would thank them. And baby, as soon as that coupon came in, she'd be like, suckers! Yeah. And she would reprint them. And that's basically how she created this empire. And meanwhile, Robin's clueless husband is still being interrogated Motherfucker singing like a goddamn canary. Yeah, he like is junk. not the person you want on your side. He did not go to Down Bitch University. He went to a uh, Big Dum Dum University. No, he went to Big Dum Dum Community College. Yeah, community college. Hey kid, I want you to spill your guts. Tell us everything. Everything. Okay, I'll talk. He's like, yeah, I didn't know. I mean, they just par- she parked the BMW by the pool. And then there's the boat. And they're like, there's a what? He's like, you know, the boat. The boat's at the airplane hangar. And they're like, come on my tits. What? And then he's like, you know, the airplane hangar where all our stuff is. So they go to the airplane hangar. Honey, this is the man you do not want on your... This man is a liability. Yeah. Sergeant David, Detective Sarah are basically, you know, they could not get to that hangar fast enough. They're like, yeah. running, 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 running. They drove home <laughs> They really didn't. It was just down the street. It was actually much easier than that. As we come around the corner and I see this airplane hangar open, it's really hard to get your head around what you're looking at. Obviously, this was a sensational find. Nobody can believe it. So they open it up, and baby, there's RVs, there's cars, there's a giant speedboat, a gazillion dollars worth of man toys just chilling in a hangar. Yeah, it was like, you know, their life outside of this hangar was nothing flashy. Like, she drove a Honda CRV and was wearing Chico's best every day. (laughs) You know, but... All these, like, you know, speedboats and shit were inside the hangar was everything you could possibly imagine. It may look like Robin was simply accumulating expensive toys with her fleet of vehicles and firearms. But in my experience, this might well be a rather clever way to launder money. Buy high-ticket items with dirty money and then sell them on the secondary market. And voila, clean money. Now, they said that she confessed that she was making about 300k a month. They're like, babe, it was way more than that. Way more. They seized like 2.1 million dollars in assets in that hangar alone. But yeah. the truth is they have no idea if they got it all. Yeah, of course not. They said she was working on a 92% profit margin that is crazy. in selling coupons. So, all of these charges were based on counterfeiting. And so these big corporations were like, look, She's got to go away because if she gets a couple years probation, she will go right back to robbing us blind. When Robin found out that she was going to jail for a long time, she took pleas in accordance with the uh, prosecution's uh, desires. Robin Ramirez was sentenced to two years in state prison. She was also ordered to pay restitution in the amount of $5 million. 
That's a lot of money. So in February 2013, Robin Ramirez pled guilty to counterfeiting fraud and illegal control of an enterprise. And the judge sentenced her to, are you sitting down, 24 months and seven years probation. Wow. That's it. I mean, it's wild. But question for you is, do you want to go into the coupon business with me? Yes. Six months. We could do six months. Six months. Let's do it. Don't tell anyone. All right, I did a little bit. I mean, listen, I still love my 40% off CVS coupon. Don't get me wrong. So I did a little uh, little bit of side googing. Uh, of course, Robert Ramirez declined to respond to the requests of Pink Collar Crimes or anyone for that matter. I couldn't find any statement online. And trust and believe, I went deep into the dregs of everything that I could find. But, you know, a coward's going to coward every time. Court records did indicate that she hasn't really been able to put this case behind her because her term of probation was recently extended for another five years. How can they do that? Because she fell more than $4,000 behind on her restitution payment. And also Hollywood came a knocking. There was a movie based on this. Now, remember, this is the largest coupon case in the United States. And there was a movie called Queen Pins made in 2021, takes place in Phoenix. And it's a a comedy. It's a story of uh, two down-on-their-luck Phoenix women who discover their path to prosperity is uh, by concocting this very scheme that Robin concocted. Yeah, it's it's in theaters. I think Kristen Bell is in it. It looks funny. I think I am. Uh, I think I'm gonna watch it. And yeah, say something funny. Uh, well, my new book uh, that I am writing in the series, uh, Rampsack Three, Rampsack This Badussy, will be out in stores uh, late fall. I hope you'll. Um, I hope you'll. Uh, I hope you'll get it. <laughs> Not Rampsack This Badussy. <laughs> 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 tell you. I mean, I told you, listen, if you did get to watch the fireworks, I'm sure you had fireworks in your own home because this episode blew your mind. Marsha Clark is a dream slash nightmare with a bob haircut. So we hope you loved that secret sneak peek of Pink Collar Crimes. Please come join us on the Patreon. We absolutely love to make you laugh. We'd love to make you smile. We'd love keeping you company while you're cleaning your kitchens. And what else, Joey? Also, if you're really good, I might show you my nudes at the drama club. Wow. Okay. All right. Anyway, (laughs) thank you so much. Our down bitches are very, very loving fam. We are so grateful that we get to do this for our job and we are just so grateful for you. We hope you're having a warm, sticky summer in whatever kind of swampland you're listening from. A lot of you are in Florida, people. We're going to continue to entertain you with lots of buffoonery. So if you haven't yet joined the drama club, now is as good a time as ever. We love you so much. I love you, Joey. Love you too, Yellen Marsh. We love you, dumb bitches. Love Bye. You.